0: Original air date, 28th of February, 1997. Hello and
1: welcome to Scuttercast 43. This week I'm joined by Andy. Hello. And Anthony. Hello. This week we'll be reviewing the episode Epideme after a quick synopsis read by Anthony.
0: The crew come across another Jupiter Mining Corporation vessel. Everyone on it is dead, except for one person who is preserved in a block of ice. They take her aboard Starbuck, but the ice doesn't melt, even in the very warm temperatures. They decide to leave it till morning to decide what to do. During the night, the woman inside breaks out, covered in rotting skin and f- dead flesh, and climbs into bed with Lister, who instantly believes it's Kachansky. One thing leads to another, but when she kisses Lister, she falls dead, and Lister realises he's just taken about half of her face with that kiss. It turns out it was a virus inside the woman known as the Epideme virus who infects its victims, takes their knowledge, kills them and then preserves the body and waits for another victim. Epideme has now entered Lister. After hours of trying to reason with it, they try to get rid of it by forcing it into Lister's arm and then cutting the arm off. Unfortunately, it doesn't work and Epideme begins to regenerate himself. Lister gets up and decides to sacrifice his life because otherwise it will finish with him and then move on to Kachansky and the cat. Seconds before detonation, Epideme reveals a clue to a possible cure and they head to a nearby planet. Unfortunately, the planet was destroyed and the cure did not lie there. Kachansky gets an idea from Epideme and temporarily kills Lister, allowing the virus to enter her. But she uses a fake arm, thus killing the Epideme. They revive Lister and all is well, except Lister now only has one arm.
1: Just before we start the episode review, Anthony, you've just got a few things to say
0: this episode sees a return of paul alexander um, writing with doug again okay and uh, this is the guy we talked about in stoke me a clipper who had written for s club seven and what have you you know amongst a lot of other things a lot of comedy writing yeah um he's also written for quite a few jasper carrot shows um carrot confidential and canned carrot and you know all the rest of them yeah yeah and Wikipedia, I don't know how true this is Wikipedia states that this episode was actually Inspired by a Jasper Carrot line What if your flu could talk to you? Ah, okay um, It kind of makes sense
1: Okay The first scene starts And they're flying around a big iceberg As Kachanska describes it Uh, She explains that Well, she was very good at geography and, And she's very aware of this iceberg And the ice plants and stuff and then pipes up and says he's actually a Bachelor of, of Sanitation. The cat explains that he brought himself up and he basically taught himself everything.
0: Yeah, which goes against his whole kitty school theory. Yeah. You know, um, where he'd learned about Frankenstein and the virgin birth from way back, Series 1.
1: Yeah, it it does kind of go off on... Yeah. But it, it's... Paradox
2: embrace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unsure about the cat's background story than myself, but... Uh, did all the Arcs leave before he he was old enough? Or
0: what had happened was, if I remember rightly, and I don't know if this is from the books or the TV show, I can't remember now. Yeah. But the cat, um, they left behind the sick and the crippled, and basically, um, the the cripple had a baby with the idiot or something, and he was. So I think mm-hmm. he was born after the arcs had left. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously there was only the uh, the old priest that was still alive in series one.
2: So there wouldn't have been many teachers left then, if that's the if that's the case. If there were the word were idiotic. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why he ate his own feet. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did wonder.
1: <laughs> so they're gonna to head to the planet to replenish some of the water supplies. However, Starbug discovers a starship buried in the ice. The first thing that springed in my mind, mind was The Thing. Um, there was a, a Next Gen episode, a, a Voyager episode, I think, as well. <laughs> Never you, you a just good d- sign, is it? <laughs> no, you just... It's like, <laughs> no, we'll leave that alone. It's obviously there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> The next scene starts and they're on board the GMC Leviathan. Again, if they know the name is Leviathan, they've got to think back and think, um, no, let's get out of here. <laughs> I would
0: say it it's, uh, sounds a bit more serious than a red dwarf, don't it? It's... Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're on board and, well, the size scan picks up a live scan.
0: Now, the thing with the size scan here, its uh, I don't know if they use the size scan or if it's on Starbucks scanners, but. Okay. Um, it detects a life form, but they don't know if it's a human life or non-human life form. Yeah, yeah. And it just struck me as a bit odd that the scanning capabilities can't detect that. You know, we know that Holly in series one had the ability, uh, in the end, he was picking up Frankenstein's signal as a life form that's non-human.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And you'd have thought that the size scan would also be able to detect whether it was human or not life form.
1: You would have thought so, yeah. I, I guess maybe because, well, what the find is in a human body... If maybe it was just masked, I don't know. Um, so they're walking through the corridors and these dead bodies well everywhere.
0: It's a good set as well, isn't it, here? It's Yeah. It's a fantastic looking um, set they've got for this... Uh, the, the, The Leviathan. Helps if I put my teeth in. Um, Now, the commentary says that this was all actually filmed in the Concorde engine testing bay. Oh, okay. Um, Well, they made a point of saying that uh, Chris Barry would have loved it in there because he's into all that sort of
1: thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, it filmed in the Concorde engine testing bays.
1: Ah, right, okay. They come across the live sign and they find out that it's Caroline Carmen. She's in an ice block, and for some reason they decide... You know what let's take this back again another rookie mistake <laughs> if there's something buried in a spaceship called the Leviathan in ice <laughs> don't take it back to the ship but
0: well, it reminds me of the uh, Justice World one where yeah. um, the they didn't know if there was either a sexy lady in this stasis pod or the um Psychotic uh, killer, yeah. The cats basically. Oh, it's, it's a risk you've got to take. Yeah. And he runs over to this block of ice exactly the same way as he runs over to that uh, stasis pod in that episode. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the next scene starts, and the ice block is in Starbug. But no matter what they do, the ice won't melt. They've got the temperature ranked up and everything.
2: How do they get that block of ice back to the bug? I mean, at that size, it would have weighed some.
1: I totally yeah. agree. Um, maybe they give it Crichton, because Crichton's yeah. got a good back on him, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene starts, and everybody's gone to bed, and the zombie awakes from the
0: ice. Which is quite appropriate if you consider the last few parrot bar talks we've had, you know, with the zombies. Yeah. <laughs> we happen <laughs> yeah. to have a zombie in this one. <laughs> yeah. um, Now she's played by Nikki Leatherbarrow. um, Okay. But I'd I'd had a check on the IMDb and doesn't appear to have been in anything else apart from this.
1: Now, Um, I may be totally wrong on this, but I seem to remember watching... It might be one of the documentaries, and I think she's one of the the off-screen crew. So maybe she was a makeup artist or a writer. I can't remember exactly, but I know she's one of the crew.
0: Oh, she didn't do a good job on her makeup, did she? she dreadful. <laughs>
1: no, but I'm pretty sure she's um, she. I don't know if she's normally uncredited in the background. You, you
0: might be right because on the uh, on the commentary, they know her by name. Um, right. Okay. I think uh, I think Chloe Annette uh, mentions that she'd bumped into her when she were pregnant and what have you. Oh, okay. Or I might be getting muddled with something else. I've got this headache. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Anyway, she goes for a wonder and she makes it into Lister's quarters and she slips into bed with him and um, Listra instantly thinks it's Kachansky.
0: As you would. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would hope. Well, it was either, it's either that or Kat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the, it's, it's quite a funny shot, this one, because you yeah. knows the zombie's actually crawling up the bed sheets. Yeah, the camera's uh, on Lister's face, who's got his back to the zombie
1: yeah yeah right
0: behind him in the background you can see the rest of his quarters
1: that's right yeah
0: right but the angle that it's shot at the the direction his head is in right the pillows are at the wrong side of the bed compared to later shots what we should have seen behind him was the the you know his quarters should have been behind the camera and the wall should have been behind lister right okay Uh, so yeah it's 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 totally even when he jumps out of bed and heads for the shower yes yeah. he's got his head the other way around to how he would normally reckon to have it okay whether they've reversed the shop for shots for some reason or not i don't know but yeah it's um something i picked up on there uh, it's <laughs> i tell you i tell you how stupid it is it's not even in my episode mistakes and they've got wow. everything from blister's <laughs> locks were on his left hand shoulder then they're on his right then they're on his left again and <laughs> stuff like that so right okay <laughs>
2: Well, I did notice in the in this scene that yeah. you can really hear the audience. If you got like a good feel for the uh, in front of a live crowd, sort of. Yeah, yeah. A bit.
0: I think
1: it's something that bode
2: well for it. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's yeah. not it's it's not actually filmed before a live audience, is it? No, I
1: think this is so the it's, studio It's, it's shown but, one afterwards, yeah.
0: if you remember, and then they get the audience reaction afterwards once they see the uh, full episode. You know. Yeah.
2: You yeah. Know. Agreed. It sounds good, though. It sort of adds a bit more feeling to it that way around. Well,
0: yeah. the, the every time Lister seems to get it on with one of these nasties, um, the audience always seem to love it, don't they? From yeah. silence <laughs> to, this, yeah, yeah. to Rimmer.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Crichton somehow comes to the door and he thinks Kachansky's in the room, so he, he throws he throws a duvet around the creature who he thinks is Kachansky and puts her in the shower. Now, how did Crichton realize? I mean. Unless he's sat there playing with his side scan all night long. (laughs) How does he know that somebody else is in the room with him?
0: He says he can hear voices, can't he? Because Lister's actually, um, he's going, oh, Kuchanski, you know. um, Okay. This is a surprise. What makes you think I'm in the mood? I can't remember the exact lines, but it's along them sort of lines. Along them sort of lines? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. And uh, yeah, he actually hears the voices.
2: Right. Okay. Kratom seems to uh, do the whining again here as well. I think it's every episode so far is a... I
0: yeah.
1: Um, it, it wasn't quite as bad in this one. I, I think they learnt from the previous ones and it was only maybe a, about a five-second whinge, wasn't it? So it wasn't too yeah. bad. It did I, annoy-
0: I didn't find it as annoying at all this time. It, you know, if anything, it was actually quite funny in this episode. But mm. I don't know, perhaps I was just in a better mood. I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe. Kachansky... Basically, it, Crichton tears a, well, I wouldn't say tears a plays apart, part, but he does a lot of hunting around for Kachansky and saying, Where is she? Where is she? And then Kachansky walks in behind him. So he, um, he basically gets embarrassed and leaves. And then, well, Lister first tries it on with Kachansky. <laughs> he's going, Come on, get stripped off. <laughs> and I'll go well, and jump into Well, the... <laughs> he
0: says, How did you do that? How did you... Oh, I know. You've crawled through the vent and dropped down in <laughs> the corridor. And then, Come on, then, let's get your top off. And she stood there half asleep going, What? what are you doing? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, what What do you say, come on, get undressed and it's rumpy pumpy. <laughs> yeah. just
0: belts him, one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, anyway, Kachanska leaves and he goes, all right, I better get my duvet out of the shower. Goes in there and the zombie's in there. The zombie basically Wrestles him to the floor and she gives him a big kiss, <laughs> which again is just quite disgusting. Um, the mouth comes with it and everything. And, uh. ah. Yeah.
0: Well, like I've said, he's, they seem to make a habit of getting Craig Charles to uh, do disgusting things with his mouth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene starts, and it's the following day, and Lister is ill and he's wrapped in a nice GMC blanket.
0: Well, Crichton produces a device to scan Lister with. Yeah, and he, he like pulls it from behind his back, and it's as if he's took it out of a back pocket. The first thought I have had was, oh, didn't realise Crichton had back pockets. And <laughs> it's a device I don't think we've ever seen it before. and yeah. um, my first thoughts were, oh, it's the old joystick size scan. Okay, but we had the old size scan back on the Leviathan when they first find Caroline Carmen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a new device, whether it's some sort of a mobile mediscan or something like that, I don't know. But, yeah, he he runs that over him, don't he?
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Crichton discovers that it's the epideme virus, and essentially what it was, it was um, a nicotine fix. So you're injected with that, and it gets rid of all the nicotine cravings.
0: Yeah, I mean, we get a full explanation from Crichton of... What it does, how it does it, where yeah, it originated yeah. from. And just, it's a very, it's very convenient again that Crichton knows the full history of the Epidine virus. It's not something they've downloaded from the Leviathan, it's something he knows. Yeah. Yet this eye scan doesn't seem capable to actually detect the uh, Epidem virus. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, very convenient for the uh, plot.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's funny here how we learn, learn that cat uh, has got a copy of Play Zombie as well. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Crichton suggests on the back of this that um, the only way to basically save his life is to reason with it. The next scene starts, and they're in the Medi Bay.
0: Well, the the hook lists her up to a universal translator to communicate with the virus. Yeah, and um, you know, I thought, well, if, if they've got a universal translator, you'd have thought they'd have been able to use that. To, you know, to communicate with, like, the Kinitawawi and, you know, other things have had problems with in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, would have been easier than Crichton standing there translating, but obviously but not as it's, funny. <laughs> it suits this story more.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's managed to hook it up, and the Epidine comes upon a big, it's almost like a, a square projector in mid-air, if that makes sense, like a holographic projector.
0: Yeah, it's, it's uh, quite good, isn't it? It, it? You know, and then you've just got the bright, colourful, looks like a, Pool of vomit.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The epidemic virus.
0: Uh, Now, he's actually voiced by Gary Martin. Okay. Um, Now, he's a friend of Danny's, uh, worked with him on stage. Um, In fact, they shared a dressing room in a Cliff Richard musical um, called Time. And Gary had actually been with Danny when they first auditioned for the role of the cat. Oh, okay. Right. Now, as well as being an established stage. Uh, singer and what have you. He's worked with Queen and Cliff Richard and the like. Um, is a, is a very established voice actor. Okay. His IMDb page and his own website has got massive reams of lists of work that is is you know that is done. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. There's,
0: there's a lot of cartoon work. There's loads of video games that is voiced for, and we're talking all sorts from uh, Metal Mickey to oh, wow. Mr Bean animated. Uh, can you remember the cartoon The Dreamstone?
1: Yep. I, I mean, no, no.
0: <laughs> voice work for that uh, space precinct um he did some voice work for final fantasy 12 oh wow and i think the biggest one the one that impressed me the most is that for years he has been the voice of the honey monster
1: oh okay <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah so uh, yeah i mean you can tell when he starts talking you can actually tell that he's a talented voice operator yeah team. yeah he goes into the full you know the whole it does the whole spiel don't he yeah yeah you know, and it goes deep and dramatic and powerful booming and all the rest of it apparently when when they were actually filming this he was stood on the side of the set actually talking to a microphone so he was present for the filming it's not something that was added after
1: awesome okay mm. the virus or the epitome um absorbs all knowledge before he moves on um kind of like legion i guess
0: yeah you know Thinking about the epideme virus, right, I yeah. thought the voice sounded like a cross between the Audrey 2 plant in Little Shop of Horrors. Okay, yeah. And the um, talkie <laughs> toaster seemed to have all of that, you know. I expected him any moment to go, feed me, Lister, I'm starving. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, just... yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Yeah, and I've made an idiot of myself again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The next scene starts and Crichton suggests that basically if they chase it chase the virus into his arm, they can cut it off and get rid of the virus. (laughs) So what they're going to do is keep injecting Lister and chase the virus down. And as it goes down the arm, um, that's it. Just chop it off at the wrist. Um, Lister says, whatever you do, lead it into my left arm because I do everything I like with my right arm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I made a note of the book that Lister's reading in this scene. Okay. Um, Because it... it's one of them I had to uh, get cl- close to telly to actually read it and okay. um, he's obviously trying to come up with a cure himself and he's yeah, reading yeah. the Junior Medical Knowledge by Dr. Aardvark <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why but it really cracked me up that did <laughs> yeah and I mean the, the end of this scene as well we've got Kachansky when they come to the decision to um, lop his arm off you've yeah. got Kuchansky says you know she comes in with one of her real dodgy corny jokes here which goes right let's go chop chop yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But um, in the past, whereas they've been slightly unfunny and you thought uh, it could have been delivered better and I know it's supposed to be corny, this one, it was. It made me laugh full stop. I know it was supposed to be corny, and even with the corniness, I was laughing at this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next scene starts, and the Dune, as I said in the previous scene, they're chasing it through his body, and as they're doing it, basically they make a, a wrong turn kind of thing. And instead of it going down his left arm, it ends up down his right arm. So they decide, well, we're going to have to do it anyway. So they chop off his hand and then <laughs> halfway down his forearm <laughs> and his elbow. And they just keep going more and more until they've
2: got
0: it all. Yeah, he, His arm ends up in about 10 pieces, do not it? Yeah, <laughs>
2: The last piece makes a squelching noise when it hits the bucket as well. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought that was quite an added touch sort of thing. Uh, the cat said he won't like chicken wings ever again, so I guess humans do taste like and smell like chicken to him. <laughs> 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 I guess so, yeah,
1: because the, uh, the, the bone saw like cauterised as well, didn't it? So it would yeah. have been like frying his skin. Ugh. Oh, no, nice though. <laughs> the next scene starts and Lister wakes and finds his arm missing. However, they haven't got it all. There's 7% of the virus still in its body and it's growing again. But Crichton does give him the good news that he has got another 58 minutes more life.
0: <laughs> it's, it's the look on the other's faces when Lister finds out that they haven't saved his life. Yeah. Because <laughs> at first is, he looks down, sees his uh, left arm, and thinks, oh, I've still got my arm, then realises his right one's missing. Yeah. So he, he lays into them, don't he? I said, I said me left, me left. It works the yeah, so good so.
1: navigation officer, obviously, if you don't know left <laughs> from right.
0: Yeah, and um, it's the look on their faces when they he says, well, at least, you know, at least I'm alive, and they go, ah. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, little thing about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> The
1: next scene starts and Crichton is prepping his room. I can only assume this is because, well, basically Lister's going to die, so uh, he's, I don't know, he's trying his best to just make it as comfortable as possible for him.
2: Uh, The cat and, sorry, they have a chat here with Crichton and Kachansky. Yeah. And they're they're sort of like having a bit of a talk about uh, who can look after him and what he he likes in his life. Yeah. But uh, due to Kachansky and Lister having a relationship for such a short period of time and Crichton looking after him, Like, for a fair few years, nobody can really win that, I don't think. I guess because Chansky
1: did have a relationship with her Lister.
0: I'm going to say, she's referring to her Lister, isn't she? I know what makes him happy at night and things like that. Um.
1: Yeah, I guess, yeah. Anyway, um, so they prepare all the room and everything like that, and then they find out that Lister's legged it. The next scene starts and Lister is heading back to the Leviathan. Um, basically, he's strapped himself
2: with bombs and he's going to go blow it up. Now, how did he clip them bombs on?
1: I, I don't know.
2: I know he's <laughs> only got one arm. He's got one arm and a rake of bombs strapped to him.
0: <clears throat> he's going to single-handedly defeat the Epidemic virus. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
2: You know
1: we were on about those bad jokes earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. The next scene starts and Lister is back on the Leviathan. He's basically sat there with the bombs around him and he's set them to explode for five minutes. What he's decided to do is, basically, he's going to get rid of the Epideme. If he's going to go, he's going to take the Epideme virus with it and it's not going to infect anybody else. Uh, Lister gives his last will and testament over the comms. It um, gives Kachansky three songs that he's written about her. It he gives Crichton all his laundry.
0: He gives the cat the contents of his wardrobe, anything you want. <laughs> and the cat's ecstatic and he goes, thanks. <laughs> I need some coat hangers. <laughs> I need some hangers.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. The Epideme virus suggests that the crew were so close and Lister Susses that were actually heading towards something, not away from something. The next scene starts, and Crichton's talking to the Epideme virus. It's, it's back in Lister, obviously. Lister's just dying, really. And Crichton asks it how to make Starbuck faster. And it basically gives him the instructions of how to make it 300 times faster.
0: This is because the Epideme virus, it, um, it takes on all the knowledge of its victims, doesn't it? Yeah, so yeah. So it's, it's got some engineer's knowledge and so he, he's got the know-how of how to make starbug fast you know like you say 300 percent faster
1: yeah yeah so basically they use that knowledge and to get to the delta seven um for the epideme cure
0: yeah because it's um basically they weren't going to get there before lister died yeah and he, he basically tricks Epidem into giving him the information yeah, yeah now the Leviathan computer show in the previous scene it showed a display that sh- um, it looked as if they were headed the Leviathan for um somewhere called theta four as yeah, a destination yeah. and in this scene they say that um, they're headed for Delta seven yeah and uh, there was no Delta seven on that screen I mean I suppose theta four could have been you know where they were originally headed to or where they was coming from.
1: Possibly, um, yeah.
0: but there's no mention of Delta Seven on the old uh, on the previous shots uh, computer screen from the Leviathan. Okay, and it just struck me as a bit weird. You'd have thought they'd have um, either had Delta Seven on the screen or referred to it as um, Theta Four to tie in with the previous scene.
1: Possibly, yeah, yeah. The final scene starts and Starbug is going fast. And I mean really fast. And I think Cat describes it as a speeding bullet in the back of the Bat Hour of Hell.
0: Yeah. But do you notice how it doesn't go in a straight line? Yeah. It doesn't take the shortest route. It bobs and weaves about. And I'm thinking, well, Cat's not a very good pilot, is it? It's obviously Lister <laughs> that had all the skills. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they get there and the planet has been flamed. The Epidem knew that. He just thought it would kind of mess with him, which is kind of cruel, really. He just wanted to give him a last bit of hope.
0: Well, it was vying for time, wasn't he? It? it stopped Lister from committing suicide and yeah, got yeah. it has got him back on the ship and it set them on a task which he knew was pointless from, you know, day yeah, one. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, Kuchanski comes up with the idea of killing Dave and basically it's, it's just quite a long scene. She gets the arm of Caroline Carmen, puts it up her sleeve. The virus then... Well, basically she kills Lister.
0: Stops uh, his heart, don't she? Yeah.
1: The epideme jumps into her hand or should I say Caroline Carmen's hand, and then she cuts it off. And that's it. He's dead and buried.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently this took Chloe quite a few attempts with the laser bone saw before she managed to cut the arm off properly. Okay. And half of the crew had left because they got fed up of waiting. Um... Something else as well. Paul Alexander, he didn't know that Chris Barry was leaving the show. Okay. And so he'd written this one with Rimmer as the hero. Um, what was going to happen is uh, Rimmer was going to let the virus infect him and then switch himself off, uh, okay. leaving the virus out in the open, floating in midair for the cat to basically destroy with a bazookoid. Oh, okay. And, I mean, we've also we've got the bit where when she lops her own arm off, well... Cat and Crichton believe it's her own arm. They don't realise that it's a false arm she's using. Yeah. So yeah. when she lops it off, the cat does another one of these perfect, stiff, falling, faint moves. Yeah. You know, like it does in Justice <laughs> World. Yeah. His finger goes up and he's like, "Oh my god!" And he just falls sideways. <laughs> right. And um, it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's is like I say, he did it on Justice World when he smacks the uh, rogue simulant on the head with the uh, shovel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, we get the same thing here, just a stiff board fall brilliant
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's it they all leave the room they're all patting themselves on the back and they've just totally forgotten about Lister
0: <laughs> he comes back in screaming don't he yeah there's the you notice as they walk out the room as well they walk past the collapsed cat and he's yeah. still got his arm up in the <laughs> pointing gesture that he was doing when he first did it yeah and, uh, yeah absolutely hilarious
2: <laughs> when you hear uh Crichton and yeah, when you hear and shout, Lister, that really made me laugh. Yeah, a squeaky laugh in it. It was, oh, it was, it was just like, "Ah, oh, we forgot."
0: Yeah. It's the most panicked we've ever heard Crichton ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: so they all come running back in and they revive him, and it ends with "to be continued."
0: there was an alternative ending that was filmed but then cut from the episode. Okay which basically it was just Lister's infected arm floating through space and then headed towards the camera. Um you know, somewhat to nothing but yeah it was it was filmed and done but not used.
1: Okay. Right, well that's the episode review done. The next section's the scores. <music> Me personally, um apart from the bit where Crichton was a bit neurotic again in the bunk room. I actually really enjoy this episode. I I I think it's just been like a breath of fresh air for this season. Um it had a decent story. It it absolutely flew and it had a a good few laugh out loud moments. So for me I'll give it an eight out of ten. Anthony?
0: Um you're going to start thinking we've collaborated on these because i've (laughs) you know we've had no contacts and i've gone for an eight out of ten as well yeah um like you say i just really enjoyed this episode um it's full of jokes and laughs not like the last episode beyond a joke which was beyond a joke (laughs) yeah there was there was too much squeezed into the storyline yeah yeah. not enough time for gags whereas this one it went at a nice pace um, we've still got, like you say, Crichton's annoying shrill voice, but I wasn't annoyed by it like I have been previously. Yeah. Um, I've already mentioned Kachansky's corny crap gags, um, but I found them funny in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's one. You know, I've wa- I watched it twice on the trot for the show notes, and um, yeah, loved it both times. It was uh, it was an easy watch. I enjoyed this one. Eight out of ten.
2: Fantastic. And finally, Andy. Uh, I went for an eight out of ten as well. Oh, I, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is a good episode. I actually did like it. Yeah. Uh, all the crew had a lot of parts, which seemed very well balanced, which I did like. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, some corny jokes, but I think they really had to put them in because uh, Lister did lose his arm. Yeah. You know, yeah. You couldn't really miss them out. <clears throat> what I did find, though, uh, after watching this one, I had to I had to watch the next next one straight away. Nanaki. I, I couldn't. I know I couldn't what you help, mean. Yeah. I, hold it. I couldn't hold off. I was like, oh, good. Yeah, go on then. It's to complicated. <laughs> so i watched
1: it. To be okay, honest, yeah. I'm getting really twitchy about watching the next episode. Um, I, <laughs> I. No, I think once once I've done the editing for this, I'll sit down and watch the next one.
0: Yeah. Well, I know what it is. It's because you both can't wait to see that oiled up muscular body.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Anyway,
1: <laughs> so that's an eight, eight, eight. Um. We've gone totally opposite to the forum again, uh, which is bizarre. On the forum, there's a 4, a 6, a 7, 8, and a 9, which gives it a total of 72.5%, so call it 73%. So, yeah, I'm I'm actually glad we're getting a lot of voting from the forum because it's evening the scores out quite a lot. I mean, there was uh, Parallel Universe, Lizetta, and Boston Murph who really didn't like it? But again, we we went opposite. Sorry.
0: We always seem to, especially with like parallel universe. He scores one highly, and we give it nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we when he gives one nothing, we go, oh, "I love that one." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's like you say, it's nice to have a mix of
2: scores. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a nine in there as well. That's a that's a pretty good one.
0: Yeah,
1: there is. But I mean, normally the scores are set seven, eight, and nine on the forum.
2: I must admit,
0: I. Toyed with putting nine on, and I originally wrote nine down on the show notes, and then I thought actually the reason I'm going for a nine is because all the other ones, there's been so many bad ones just lately. And yeah, I realised yeah. that if this was in the middle of series three, um I wouldn't it, be giving it just it a be an nine average nine episode. Yeah. It would be an, an eight or a strong seven. So yeah, that's I've settled on an eight in the end.
1: Cool. Next section is what's going down in Groovestown after a quick advertisement from Inappropriate Conversations
0: podcast. Hello, I'm Greg, host of a podcast called Inappropriate Conversations. The show is breaking down barriers about discussing politics, sex, and religion. Society says we should keep them separated. I say come out and play. You'll find Inappropriate Conversations on iTunes in the politics section or at InappropriateConversations.podbean.com. Thanks for listening. Music by Kevin McLeod. All right, dudes. What's
1: going down in Groovetown, then? Groovetown. First of all, over to you, Anthony.
0: The first bit of news I've got is uh, it's about um, Andrew Ellard, uh, yeah. who has released a pilot episode of a radio-style sitcom uh, okay. in podcast format. Yeah, And it features a couple of red dwarf stars. Okay. Um, so basically, what we've got, for those of you that don't know, uh, Andrew was the guy at last year's Dimension Jump who read the text message from Doug, yeah. which unofficially revealed the new series of Red Dwarf being commissioned. Yeah. yeah. You know, and this was way back in April 2009. Don't forget. Yeah. Was it April? Uh, June? July? I can't remember. It, it was sunny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Now, um, Andrew worked as a script consultant on the Red Dwarf movie. He's seen the script for Red Dwarf Movie. Um, He's an associate producer on Back to Earth. He was the director for the making of Back to Earth. Um, He's also done writing and script editing for the IT crowd and a whole host of other stuff. Um, uh, Basically what he's done is come up with this sitcom podcast and he's managed to get both Chris Barry and Hattie in it. Uh, It also stars Hills Barker, Tom Price, Eleanor Wilde and Matthew Crosby. Excellent. Um, Now the website description reads, Barry and Linda share a house and categorically nothing else. With a friendship that appears to be founded on mutual irritation, the inseparable and idiosyncratic pair spend most of their time trying to avoid chaos at work, at home, with friends, family and romantic partners. They are really successful. The rest of their time is, of course, spent repeatedly explaining that, no, they are not a couple. Um, okay. So when I originally read that, the first thing I thought is... Um, Bunk scene. <laughs> well, the, the two characters that don't get on is <laughs> going to be a Lister and Rimmer-style relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it actually it isn't. Once you know, when I, once I listened to it, it didn't take me long to get into it before I realised that it wasn't. And yeah. it's probably a bit of a relief that it's not. Um, you can hear the Red Dwarf influence, and you can also hear the IT crowd influence in there. But it's as an original piece of work, it stands on its own. Yeah. yeah. Um, now it's only this pilot that's available. Um, okay. And hopefully, if it proves popular enough, um, it might lead into even more podcasts, or you know, maybe even get a Radio Four. Uh, commissioning, you know, TV, maybe, you never know. I've seen worse, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, So, yeah, it's it's well worth a listen. Um, It's called I'm Not With Him, and it can be downloaded from www.andrewellard.com forward slash I'm underscore not underscore with underscore him dot html. Um, okay, cool failing that you can get it straight off itunes i'm not with him and it's in the podcast section
1: Excellent. yeah it's
0: worth a listen it's got chris barry and hattie in it um so yeah
1: fantastic um there has been a bit of red dwarf news or there's been a non-piece of let let me explain (laughs) um long story short the uh, digital spy put out a tweet saying that red dwarf execs confirm new series This was then straight away followed up by Dog Naylor saying, according to Digital Spy, Red Dwarf, exec, confirm. He says, not true, sorry. And then he then followed it up just saying, listen, I'll let you know when it's good to go. Um, But, I mean, when he put out the tweet, maybe about two weeks ago now, he says it it won't be for at least a couple of weeks, but you'll hear it from me first. Yeah.
0: Well, this story originated from... um, Digital Spy did a whole feature of it. There's a whole article of it on their website. Yeah, yeah. And... um, they got their information from an interview that Andrew did with uh, lastbroadcast.co.uk. Okay. And it, it's basically, it was an interview about his sitcom that, they, that we've just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, They, you know, they talk about the sitcom and then they start talking about some of his other projects and IT crowd and things like that. Yeah. And one of the questions they asked him was about Craig Charles' confirmation on the radio of two new series being made next year. Yeah what andrew actually said was and this is in speech marks this is straight off the website yeah he didn't confirm it so much as mention the call he'd had most recently from gnp regarding his availability latest word is that the deals are being done and assuming uk tv get it sorted they'll be in a position to start prepping before the end of the year but i think it's just one series of six episodes right now okay right now that the, the fact that it says assuming UK TV get it sorted yeah, um, yeah. shows to me that this is not confirmation at all not in my book yeah you know, it's been it's been quoted out of context and for a site like Digital Spy I would say it's very very lazy and sloppy this Yeah, agreed, um, yeah. We, we normally you know you expect better from a site like Digital Spy uh, and of course every single blog and website and podcast and Just, all the rest of it has run with the story because yeah, of Digital yeah. Spy yeah
1: well, that's the thing. I mean, Digital Spy, uh, up until this, I thought they were very reputable. And I, I would have probably taken it as read. If they'd have said that, I'd have been all over it myself. But it's only because I followed I follow Doug on Twitter that he instantly replied, and that was the first thing I knew about it. Uh, I then got like two or three emails from other people within the company saying, hey, have you seen this? I'm like, nope, it's bollocks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the thing is... it one thing that we can get from this though is obviously Andrew's got to be very careful what he says he's very careful with his words yeah um and you know you can have to get up early in the morning to catch him out yeah. now if you look at the quote right and read in between the lines it looks as if they're so so close yeah, you know yeah um provided um provided uk well assuming uk tv get it sorted they'll be in a position to start prepping before the end of the year and he's talking this year 2010 and we're you know we're a good chunk into november so yeah it shows how close how you know we're on the verge surely of some massive massive news you know dates and filming dates and all the rest of it
1: yeah fingers crossed um it's not aired before for the end of April. That means we get to the end of the 55 casts.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it'll just fit in it. nicely, yeah. Yeah. In fact, do you reckon we ought to approach them with a the date? This is when Suits is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Would you mind working round us? <laughs> We'd actually like a couple of weeks break at the end, and then, so I'm thinking May-ish. <laughs> I am thinking Mayish. i do not think that would work.
0: No. No. Welcome to the Parrots Bar, the place you can drink a curry flavoured tequila slammer that burns on the way in and on the way out. Okay, Parrots Bar.
1: First of all, Anthony.
0: Yeah, um I went last week to go and watch Paranormal Activity 2. At the cinema. Yeah, I went with ah. my mate and um Now I'm a big fan of the original and I I know not everyone is, I know there's lots of people that think the acting is wooden and that the ending lets it down and I I can see where they're coming from Yeah. but there's very few films I've come across that built up the tension like the first Paranormal Activity did, you know, when I went to see it, it kept me on the edge of my seat, it was pure 100% suspense, you know, there's... What they do, they cut to a nighttime camera and then the yeah, clock yeah. speeds up and then it slows down and you get like a bit of a rumbling noise in the background. And it's when the clock slows down, you know something is coming. And yeah, it's got yeah. you leaning forward, your back goes up. And yeah, absolutely loved the original. So,
1: so what um, did you think of Blair Witch then?
0: Um, I like Blair Witch. I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it. The only okay, problem okay. I've got with Blair Witch is you don't see enough. Uh, now, the original paranormal activity does deliver you get. Um, everything from doors moving um yeah yeah demonic shaped shadows you get bed clothes being pulled off you get people being dragged down corridors you know it's a it does get quite intense as it yeah, goes okay, on okay um so yeah with that in mind i thought right sequels out brilliant you know and it's a year later we've got this sequel out absolutely dreadful right <laughs> wow. it's um it ruins the first one You know, given the choice, I would never, ever see the second one and i would just leave the first one as it is. The way it goes in, what they've tried to do, they try to tie it in with the story of the first one. It's set before the first one. Well, it's set around it. The beginning, the majority of the film is set before the first one. Yeah, yeah. And then you get an ending which comes supposedly after the first one. Okay. Right. Um, But they've not even tried with this film. It is, there's no attempts, there's nothing to this film whatsoever so like Blair Witch um, 2 well <laughs> no because I've mean, Blair Witch 2 was like a separate entity altogether yeah it this was. one they've tried they've got same actors in and they've gone for you know they had a formula for the first one which worked fantastic mm. this one just you know sat there bored most of the time there's very few actual paranormal occurrences like okay. you got in the original one. Yeah. It, Builds up and each night it starts off with just the door moving slightly. Next night, the door moves slightly, the bed clothes, you know, the bed sheets move. Yeah, yeah, and it slowly builds up and builds up. And this one, absolutely nothing. It's really, there's hardly anything happens. There's one, one of the activities that is actually any good or scary. Yeah. And um, I'm going to spoil it here. I'm going to tell you just in one sentence basically, there's a big bang and all the door, cupboard doors fly open at the same time. Okay. Right, which when you sat watching it it does come as a big it's a jump moment. Yeah. Right. Know, there's no build up of the tension like the first one, it's a jump moment. But that's the only one that was any good. Yeah. Right. There's I mean there's one bit, there's a there's a toddler, a baby, in a cot. Yeah. Right. And this cot it gets the baby gets pulled down the cart and then lifted up into the air. Right. And people were laughing at how stupid the effects were for it. Right. <laughs> right. It was like it was the it was as if they was using a still framed photo of the baby, not an actual baby or a w- right, baby right, or anything. Right, right, got you. Yeah. Okay. Right, and the animation, it, it, the way it's been animated, it, it reminded me of the Captain Pugwash or the bod animation, you know, with the legs. Yeah, kind of yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> right, it's just a still image pulled up. There's no motion from the baby or anything. You know, it, absolutely dreadful. Uh, it just ruins the storyline of the first one as well. You yeah, know, yeah. It, it introduces something. Um this one hints at the reasons that it could be happening, and you know, there's a teenage daughter which says that uh, the, the demon, uh, somebody will do a deal with the devil for wealth, and it hints that it could be this girl's dad that's responsible for this demon coming after him. Okay. Oh no, no, like, forget all that. Like, we hint at it and then don't mention it again. Um, that section, I was, you know, where I was on about the um, the spoiler I gave away, yeah, the jump yeah. moment. Right, what happens is she comes in. She the kettle she pours herself a drink off the kettle. Right, sits down to read some magazines on the counter, then it happens and she runs off out. Yeah. Right. The kettle starts boiling again. Okay. Right. And she goes in and starts shutting cupboard doors and what have you and sits back down. A coffee cup's gone. There's no continuity here. The coffee cup's gone. Why was the kettle on the boil when she's just actually made a drink and put it down? It's finished with in yeah, the scene before. Yeah. It, it just, yeah, it just does not make sense. The whole film is absolutely dreadful. And you know what's happened? It's just been, it's been a successful film that made them lots of money last year, uh, and they've gone hell for leather. Let's get this out. Forget the quality. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah, the quality. Yeah. We'll just bung it together. And that is literally what it is. And it's the first time I've ever felt as if I've been ripped off and i went on orange wednesday so i only paid half price i still felt <laughs> as if i'd been swindled and i've never felt like that at the cinema i'm an easily pleased person and even down to the trailer the trailers that we'd seen beforehand really got you excited and yeah, yeah. you see this baby on its own walking across the road outside the house and you're thinking oh what's gone off not even in the film nothing to do with the film <laughs> they've done that for the trailer <laughs> uh, oh. right God, it is awful, awful. Do not see Paranormal Activity 2. Um, If you've not seen the first one, watch the first one, and that's it. Do not even think about watching the second one. Uh, That's my advice. Cool. (laughs) Now, I've, I also I wanted to do a bit more zombie talk as well, uh, because I have seen... Um, it's actually been aired now in this country, but I saw it um, just after we recorded last time. Yeah. Um, the Walking Dead TV show. I've seen the pilot episode. Okay. Right, I don't know if uh, either of you two watched it. No. It is absolutely fantastic. It's what a zombie film should be. Okay. Um, you can tell from the first episode that the zombies... Although they're going to be um, they're going to be relevant to the programme, it is not what the story is about. It isn't about hordes of zombies just go you know brains and all the rest of it. It's not that. It's basically it's the characters and it's how they deal with this. And um, oh, absolutely fantastic! It to me it looked like a um, you know the survivors or the Last Train and some of these British you know post-apocalyptic programs where it's about the group after some cat- catalysmic event yeah yeah right and that's basically what it is this bloke it's like 28 days later he wakes up in hospital he's been unconscious he comes outside everything's gone the world right. has gone okay. as he knows it there's zombies all right. oh, okay, it's all, yeah, yeah, it's all to do with um he's looking for his family um his ex-partner Uh, because he's a cop his ex uh, police partner is with a group of survivors and has his daughter he comes across another chap who's um, with his son and his wife has been turned into a zombie and he's not ready to yet leave his wife He, you know it's just really really good it is all about the characters and it's um, you know from what I can gather it's exactly it's very true to the comic books which are you know, really highly acclaimed so yeah it's on fx uk yep. on fridays at 10 p.m okay and we're i think we're five days behind the u.s i think they they get it aired on the sunday we get it on the friday Right. And okay. absolutely fantastic you've really really got to make the effort to watch this it's an amazing program
2: cool
0: um did anybody do out for halloween i don't suppose
2: no i didn't um
1: sh- shut the curtains turn the light off
0: that's <laughs> yeah, pretty much yeah. what we used to do before we had the kids yeah so <laughs> uh, we, we we never used to make any effort it used to be oh bloody old begging kids you know yeah yeah it didn't like. help <laughs> it didn't help when you'd open the door and there'd be some teenagers there with a 50 pence mask and they'd go trick or treat you know and you'd uh, give with them... eggs
1: in their hands yeah <laughs> yeah
0: you, you'd, you'd oh god yeah I've, I've got a penguin here cho- you know chocolate biscuit penguin take yeah. that and they'll go that's not going to buy me much fags you know it, yeah it's, yeah <laughs> it's that sort of thing right well since we had the kids we've totally changed our opinion on it we've always made the effort to dress up and have people around yeah, um, yeah. we tend to there always ends up it ends up just you know, my brother will say he's coming around with his, and then one of his friends will say, "Oh, you're going around trick or treating? Oh, we'll come with you. What time are you going?" And we end yeah. up in a massive group. Okay. Right? Well, this year. Obviously, I've got a really good costume to wear. Right? Yeah. okay. And my, my mate, Lindsay, from down the road, he has the same costume. So me and Lindsay went as um, stormtroopers. Yeah. And they were, I think there was about 15 kids all together. And we got kids dressed as werewolves and vampires and witches. Were older kids, younger kids. You know, quite a good mix. Yeah. The stars of the show, in my opinion, were Jamie Lee, which is my daughter. Who it, was that the is, It Girl? Yes, we'd made a right, Hit Girl okay. outfit. The pictures are on the forum. We'd made yeah, a Hit yeah. Girl outfit. And it was, re- you know, because she's at the same, the right age for Hit Girl. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And Lindsay had done a kick ass outfit for his son, Lucas. Yeah. Right, and that was really, I was impressed when I saw that because I, yeah, yeah, I saw thought the picture. it was going to be a bit dodgy. But yeah. It, absolutely fantastic and i would say if it hadn't have been for me and lindsay they would have got a lot of attention yeah um, but dressed in full stormtrooper outfit we did seem to hog the limelight yeah um, <laughs> my daughter expressed the following night the opinion that oh nobody looked at us who oh, were interested in you but <laughs> like we <it> were <laughs> walking around for about two and a half hours and we've got um, there were loads of people that were coming up asking to have the picture taken with us and yeah, yeah. you know it was um everything from young school girls to older men all the rest of it it fantastic really you know really enjoyed it we um the only problem we got, last year, we ran out of sweets. There were too many trick-or-treaters. Yeah, so yeah. this year, I've spent loads, and we've got bowls full of basically cheap, rubbish, crap sweets. Yeah. I've got different degree bowls. That's right. If they've got rubbish outfits, this bowl. If they've made the effort, this <laughs> bowl. If it's somebody we know, they can have a match. this bowl. And, you know, I'd categorise the sweets. Into, you know, oh, wow. Um we didn't give none away, we didn't have none. We were out trick or treating. By the time we come back they'd all done oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we I think only give away, you know, about I think we only had about four or five, so yeah, that was a bit disappointing. Wow. Um I was absolutely gutted by the amount of kids that looked at me and Lindsay in stormtrooper outfits and went, Oh, Power Rangers or <laughs> Cybermen or Robots um Iron Man one kid said and um Oh, I was really. I thought, what is the world coming to when kids don't recognize stormtroopers? You know, I, I, I was okay when they said clone troopers. I thought, right, they're in the right universe and we're nearly there. But, um,
1: <laughs> how dare they not know anything from a 1977 film? <laughs>
0: I was disgusted, absolutely yeah. disgusted. There was a kid dressed as a Jedi, right? okay, with a lightsaber, yes. Yeah. Uh, and he looked at me and he went, Iron Man, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but the clone troopers song, have I did, got... I nearly swore on the podcast. Then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the clone troopers do look totally different. Well, not totally different, but...
0: You can see where they're coming from with clone troopers though, can't you? And yeah. The, and yeah. his dad did correct and went, no, no, storm troopers, they are. Yeah. Like, uh, so <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was fantastic. Nice to actually wear it for any length of time. Because I don't know about you you know, I'll do some alterations and I'll be messing around with the clips and what have you. I'll try it on. All right. And literally you get it on at home and you go, right.
1: I'll take it off then. (laughs) I'll
0: take it off now. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing you can do with it. You know, I can't even go stand outside and have a smoke. It's, uh, you know. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I I, I know what you mean. Mine's currently in the box up in the loft out of the way. (laughs)
0: Um, I'm still not letting it go upstairs because once it goes upstairs, it'll never see the light today again. I think we're, we're wearing it at um, new year. Um, Briefly, we're in a pub and, as you know, it's it's difficult to drink and yes, yeah. wear the outfit. You can drink and wear the outfit, but I think you need some sort of catheter fitted to a bag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't see how it would be practical otherwise. No, because once um, you broke
1: the seal, that'd be it. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: So, um, yeah, we're going to... Um, we've been invited up to a hotel up uh, just outside Sutton and okay. apparently they do a bit of an event, it's a family event, quite a few people dress up and Lindsay was on his own yes, last year as a stormtrooper and he said that people, you know, lots of, got lots of attention so I said well we'll pop it on for an hour and then take it off and get drinking Yeah, yeah. because you know, we're stopping in a hotel next door so I say yeah, hotel, shout. it's a Premier Lodge I think, something like that. Okay. <laughs> Nothing fancy. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, last two weeks, what have I done? I had a week off last week, which was pretty awesome. I was drunk a lot, <laughs> 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 but I did get a chance to um, finish off ripping on my DVD collection. They're all
0: done now. I made a she- comment on Facebook actually that <laughs> your hard drive will probably. Uh,
1: yeah, I know, and then <laughs> and then. Uh, Darren posted a comment on there saying, yeah, yeah, my red drive went down. I'm like, no, not say that. I've been ripping up for two months. There's only a certain amount of redundancy you can have. Uh, I can't have another another four drive sat there just in case the original four go down. I, I, that's just too excessive. I'll just have to take it on the chin if that happens, but I'll be good in. <laughs> You mentioned you went to the BFS, didn't you? Well, not the BFS, but you went to Witherspoons.
0: I did, yes, yes.
1: Well, I... well. Basically, I think he got to about Thursday, and both me and Christina were a bit bored. And it was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so we decided, right, come on, let's go for a walk. we have been sight-inside most of the week, apart from going out trips to Tesco's to pick up, like, junk food and beer. (laughs) So we went for a casual walk up to town. If we walked town from where we live, it's about half an hour. But it was like, oh, well, let's explore. Let's go this way, let's go this way. It took us about two and a half hours just to get to town, because we were, like, snaking up and down. And uh, this was... (laughs) Perfectly sober, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we finally got to town and we had a look around the shops and we picked up two copies of uh, Lego Universe. But I'll talk more about that in a minute. <laughs> as we were coming back, it were like, ah, oh, Witherspoon, had not he mentioned there were a beer fest going on? So we went in, and as you can imagine, Thursday afternoon, about three o'clock, we're on to the beer. And by that time, you've already got the people in there who are a bit friendly. (laughs) You've got the old blokes at the bar who just stood there talking to you, and it's like, okay. (laughs) We had about four and a half pints of some really nice ales, to be honest. There was some good stuff in there. Uh, Yours wasn't too... How was yours when you went? Because I think Um, it was local beers, wasn't it?
0: Well, I I described it. I actually came back and recorded a, I don't know, 10, 15-minute audio um, review for um,
1: oh, for, here's going, you know, for here goes for here goes, goes no. nothing, yeah.
0: which I'm pretty sure they'll pop in because it. I've listened back to it twice. It's absolutely hilarious, and <laughs> that's, that's mostly because we were so drunk. Right. I've okay. got. I've, I mean, I've got the fly, I've got the booklet here of all the. Drinks that they've got, yeah, yeah. At um, the Weatherspoons, and what it basically is, it's a it's an ale and cider festival that they hold, and this one was 27th October to the 14th of November. That's right, yeah. And every week they just get some guest ales in, yeah, um, yeah, some old ales for you to try, and like the first one we tried was a vanilla flavoured one. Okay. And um, which before I had a sip, I said to Lindsay, I said I'm a bit wary about this because it's. Um, ice cream and beer don't go <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm imagining um, yeah. first, first sip was oh that's nice you can taste the vanilla and then you get the aftertaste and it was a bit of a harsh horrible aftertaste it yeah, was yeah. Um, uh, yeah not great and then we tried some we we had a couple of decent ones and we had some absolutely terrible ones and there were some that i know i would have tried but luckily we managed to blag a little taste of it in yeah shot yeah. glass right one of them was called chocoholic okay <laughs> and it was a very very strong chocolate beer yeah And it was horrible it was absolutely vile mm-hmm. um and then there was another one um i try and remember what it's called now. Um, it was a cappuccino. No, one cappuccino. What's the strong coffee called? Espresso. No, it was, espresso. It was called Espresso Beer. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh. That was hideous. And I know for a fact I would have ordered a half. And, right, okay. you know, When we record this audio for Here Goes Nothing, or you've got, because it's a shared microphone, you've got me talking, you've got Lindsay leaning into the mic to talk a bit and then shouting at my missus get him a drink <laughs> you know, got any Jack Daniels and all the rest of it and then leaning back and we were, we'd had a few I think I'd been sick before we left the pub so yeah we'd not done bad and um, yeah the, he, Lindsay's description was the best he just lent him when I started describing this uh, coffee this espresso and he went pint of coffee <laughs> that's, that's what it would have been if you'd have ordered a pint right, coffee. Okay. it was foul and yeah, my my description of this um, Weatherspoon's uh, ale and cider festival is that yeah. it's an excuse to, it's an excuse for the beer companies to offload some mediocre crap as real ale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we tried one. Uh, we had a sample taste of this cider, and it was like water. It was pure clear, like okay. water. It tasted like a normal cider. It was it was all right yeah, tasting. Yeah. Seven and a half percent.
1: Wow. Okay. And, I,
0: and Lindsay says are we having some I said no bloody not <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, I says, we're kind of struggling to walk as it is <laughs> so yeah we'd, we'd pretty much tried everything they got there there was one beer they'd run out of and we had a couple of his favourite ones so yeah we nice. didn't do that. <laughs>
1: well we had um, we were a little bit more sensible I mean it was middle of the afternoon and I had about four and a half pints which for me's okay so anyway we left with the spoons we thought right we'll go and play as Lego Universe so we thought, right, okay, we're hungry now. We'll, we'll get some cheesy chips and mayonnaise. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> like cheesy chips and mayonnaise for soaking up beer. So we thought, right, should we call it the takeaways? Nope, nope, nope. What we'll do, we'll go home and make a own. So we started, <clears throat> we started walking home. Then we realized the way we were going was nowhere near um, where we needed to be. Well, well, no, sorry, we were heading straight for home. Um, but we didn't have any potatoes and we didn't have any chips to make the cheesy chips. So we got halfway home, then took a detour, which took us about two miles walk out of his way to Tesco's, went and picked up some more beer, um, went all the way home. I mean, it must have taken us about two hours to get home. Um, you know, with uh, bottles of Yuki clanking against his knee, staggering all over the place.
0: <laughs> I saw got, the face as Facebook updates. Actually, so.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were being quite verbose because uh, we were both drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got home, cheese, chips, mayonnaise, um, ate that, left the beers in the fridge, and went to bed at half nine. <laughs> We could have just got some cheesy chips from the you know one of local takeaways, been home for six o'clock and had some beers. But no, no, we did a long way. It was great though. I mean, we had best night's sleep ever. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. See, we don't get the cheesy chips every year. I've never really. Never had them. No, chips uh-huh. go with gravy and peas and that, but not cheese.
1: We'll we'll make sure we experience them uh, next weekend. Next week, not next, no, next weekend,
2: weekend. The weekend after.
1: Yeah. We'll experience them then.
0: Aye. Get some down his neck.
1: Aye. Um, anyway, Lego Universe. So we were in um, we we're in game and I, I'm a big fan of Lego. If anybody's seen any of my Facebook status or Twitter, they'll notice that I like playing with Lego. Yeah, I haven't grown up yet. So anyway, Lego Universe is an MMO. Um, so basically like a Warcraft, but in the uh, Lego Universe. And essentially you can just build whatever you want. So obviously that appealed to me. So we got it home and we spent all weekend playing it. Um, spent about 20 hours playing it over the weekend, which is quite excessive. Um, after that 20 hours, we actually beat the game. We'd done every mission there was, <laughs> we collected every item, and we just completed it. And we're like, hang on, this is an MMO. This is expecting like a monthly subscription of people to keep going back and keep going back. And we're like, what the hell? Then we read that it's actually for four to eight year olds. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Because, I mean, we're running around and we've got all these little kids talking to us, like uh, trying to send through friends requests and this, that and the other. And we're like, get it over. Stop being so childish. (laughs) You're you're
0: effing and blinding at all these kids.
1: Well, the thing is, I I had um, suspicions that it was maybe um, really locked down because it was just everything. I mean, you you named your character something. It had to be sent off to a moderator to make sure the name was okay. And you you named a pet something. I mean, I got this little uh, Triceratops creature and i called it horny because it had three horns on the front (laughs) nope that's not allowed (laughs) i'm (laughs) watching
0: i got the pedo (laughs) fleecing
1: well that's the thing uh and then there was certain things i mean one cool thing about it is um you get your own little area within the game so all the lego bricks you've been picking up throughout the game you can you can virtually build anything you want which i thought was pretty cool but it had three security settings on it so it was like it was open to the public so anybody could come and see it was private so only you could see or best friends I'm like okay, so I thought right. Well, okay, I've I'll invite Christina to be best friend, and then she can come in and fanning around with my Lego bricks and stuff like that.
0: Sounds like a euphemism if ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, we both invited each other to these best friends things, and we're like. Right, why is it not coming through? After reading through half an hour on the forum, I found out we had to verify our accounts on the Lego site. We had to go through, we had to give them our driving licence numbers just so that they could verify we were us, so we could then best friend each other.
0: How many kids have got driver's licence? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's not that. If the kids are under 18, which obviously if it's aimed for four to eight-year-olds, um, they've got to get their parents to give the driving licence number just so the kids can be verified at those addresses. So if anything does have gone, you know, a little bit weird then they've got they know exactly who it is it's i just extreme. thought wow that's extreme very extreme
0: <laughs> but if you think about it though you know if anything did happen you know if there's yeah, grooming right. and what have you on their website yeah you think yeah. of the bad press that lego would get as no well as absolutely absolutely you, you can see this day and age where they're coming from but now you think there'd be exceptions to adults Man, you shouldn't be allowed to play. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> in banned. I mean, the thing is, I mean, i played a lot of the other LEGO games. I, I do quite enjoy them, you know, like the LEGO Star Wars and LEGO Indiana Jones and all that. They're just uh, a bit of fun. And I thought, oh, LEGO Universe is just going to be exactly the same, but you can do what the hell you like in, like, a massive universe. But no, 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 it's full of kids. <laughs> <laughs> but um, granted, I won't be playing it. Well, apparently there's more content coming out um, tomorrow, so I might continue playing a little while. <laughs> <laughs> but for thirty quid, it was a good laugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> tweeny world coming, <laughs> it's a little Toby planet. <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe. Because um, MMO is kind of where everything's going now. I mean, all the big titles are going into like massive ol- online play now. Because people just enjoy the universe. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if there's not a Halo MMO. I mean, there's a Star, there's a Star Wars game. There's been a Star Trek game. It's just everything's going multiplayer now. Anyway. This week's Podcast of the Week is, as you heard earlier, the Inappropriate Conversations podcast. Over to you, Anthony.
0: Yeah. um, Now, this, it sounds like a crude podcast. Uh, Yeah. I've I've already done one um, called Inappropriate Behaviour, which was a crude podcast. This one is not as crude as it sounds. It honestly isn't. Um, It's a very... Uh, intellectual podcast which okay. covers the topics of um, sex or religion or politics and it's basically it's all topics that are considered a little bit taboo okay and so it's uh, inappropriate topics for discussion at the dinner table okay. um, now the host is an online friend of mine from the simply syndicated forums a guy called Greg or okay. Gab. yeah um, now he introduces the episodes topic Right. And I always think, oh, it's not going to be relevant to me in my life. You know, it's it, it might be about the U.S. elections or yeah, um, yeah. obviously some of the, he's a religious chap. And so some of the religious teachings, not teachings, he doesn't teach, but he might talk about his experiences within religion, you know through his teenage years and people he's come up against and I always think it's not going to really be relevant to me but I yeah. always get sucked in and find it really interesting and really fun and he points out the stupidity of some um, some religious beliefs or you know political beliefs or teachings yeah. for sex education and um, yeah it's just it, it's um, it's very logical okay and so he 'll logically look at it, and he 'll tell you that why it 's wrong to ban kids from doing this and why it 's wrong for you to vote this way and why it 's wrong you know and he'll give you his point of view and um, that 's pretty much it it 's one of these podcasts that stops my brain from rotting away from the uh, monotony of a day to day job yeah yeah um, so there 's all that side to it also he 's got a section um within the podcast called Different Drummer. And this is basically, it's Greg's chance to put somebody uh, on a pedestal, somebody that he admires. Okay. And it's normally, it's it's somebody that doesn't go through life as a sheep, it's somebody that uh, thinks his own way, uh, doesn't just believe what he's told, somebody that makes his own path in life, life. Uh, basically somebody that marches to his own beat, which is where the title comes from, a different drummer. Okay. We've had everything from writers and musicians, Uh, we've even had other podcasters, and so, yeah, it, it's one that's really, really worth listening. Uh, I would say if anybody listens to uh, Dan Carlin, uh, who does the Hardcore Histories, if you listen to his other podcast, um, Common Sense, yeah. it's not the same as Common Sense, uh, but it's a similar sort of vein at times. It, it's that sort of sensibility that you get from this podcast. So, okay. yeah, um, it's Inappropriate Conversations. You can download it. It's a fellow Podbean one. Um, so you can download it, no www, it's just inappropriateconversations.podbean.com okay. um, or available directly from iTunes.
1: Cool. Well, that's it for this week. If you want to come join us on the forum, it's redwarforum.com. If you want to find us on Twitter, it's twitter.com forward slash redwarforum. If you want to send us an email, it's scuttercast at And finally, if you want to find us on the Fiction Shed Facebook group, it's facebook.com forward slash Fiction Shed. Well, that's it for this week. We'll be back in two weeks with Nanaki. So until then, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.